Today's Skimmed from the Couch is presented by AC Hotels by Marriott. It's a global hotel brand that's dedicated to perfecting the essentials. When you learn how to navigate a co-founder relationship, I genuinely think you become better at every relationship. I'm like a better friend. I'm a better fiance. I'm like better with my family. I'm Carly Zakin. I'm Danielle Weisberg. Welcome to Skim from the Couch. This podcast is where we go deep on career advice from women who have lived it, from the good stuff like hiring and growing a team to the rough stuff like negotiating your salary and giving or getting hard feedback. We started the skim from a couch, so what better place to talk it all out than where it began on a couch? Jen Rubio is the co-founder of Away, the suitcases and brand that you see absolutely everywhere. We love them. We use them. We have tried them in every single travel situation, and they do not disappoint. Jen and her co-founder, Stephanie Corey, started Away in 2015, raising $31 million in seed financing, making Away one of the highest-funded female-backed startups. They performed the amazing feat of securing 1,200 orders before they even had a prototype in hand. In the three short years since then, they have scaled their business to a travel empire that is currently valued at over $1.4 billion. It's no wonder that with stats like this, they've been recognized by Fast Company as one of the top most innovative companies and have been featured on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. Uh, Jen, we are so excited to have you here and have this conversation. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So, Jen, welcome to the couch, and let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. Skim your resume for us. Okay, so it is all over the place. I don't know if I would have hired myself, but I started out um, doing supply chain for a big CPG company, then went to tweeting for taco trucks. Um, I was at a digital agency working for big brands, and then did social media for an eyewear startup and um, retail innovation for like a traditional fashion retailer, and now we're here at Away. So I know none of that makes, makes a lot of sense, but it... It got me to where I am now. Was there a common thread when you think about all of the experiences that you've had? Yeah. I mean, I love the idea of a common thread, right? Because in hindsight, you can always find one. After I kind of left the logistics and supply chain world, the common thread was I wanted to do things that connected to people. So I was really fascinated by how people interacted with brands, whether those brands were products or restaurants. I was really fascinated with how to reach people in new ways. What is not on your LinkedIn profile that we should know about you? Um, Actually, a lot. So, you know, to make a lot of those career switches, um, I had to kind of do other things on the side. So at one point, I was a personal assistant to a big Hollywood director. Were you a good Um, personal assistant? I was, I was very good, which means I have very high standards for a personal <laughs> yeah. assistant now. I was a personal assistant. And actually, that almost led into me working on a film. So this could have gone in a totally wow. different direction. Um, yeah, I had, a, I had a lot of like weird jobs and jobs that didn't pan out. Like after, um, after I left All Saints right before starting away, I actually had a three-month stint um, as a CMO for a juice company, which oh, I was I really bad at. So, And that's why you don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, just a casual CMO stance. Yes. <laughs> Interim CMO. Yeah. Did you always want to be an entrepreneur? No. 
not at all. And I have to thank Steph, my co-founder, for guiding me into that because it was one of those things where I called her and I was like, there's such an opportunity here. Um, there's like no great luggage brands. There's no no one even really talking about travel the way I think they should be. And she was like, well, why don't we do it? And that that little thing at the end like never occurred to me. It was just like, let me just vent to her. So what? thanks, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> what is your day like? What is a typical day for Jen? There's no typical day. I've been very intentional over the last year about getting to the place I am today where my day consists less of like actually doing the work and more spending time with the people to guide the work that they're doing. Um, and that's really, really hard for me. Like away is my baby. We um, we we just started, you know, it feels like. Um, but now we're in the place and at a size where if I'm the one doing the work, it's probably not very good. So I spend a lot of my time with my direct reports, just like talking about the vision for the company, the vision for what they're doing, and like really empowering them to make their decisions, um, which is really rewarding. But I think when things are tough, can like, makes me feel really helpless. So I want to go back to kind of the curiosity in you because um, I think we both kind of started smiling when you talked about side hustles because we're, we're big proponents of that. But it's clear that curiosity has um, kind of been the connective tissue for you throughout your career if we had to choose one. And I want to talk about the transition of how you left sort of corporate retail to turning what was, you know, frustration around what you weren't seeing in the marketplace to obviously the launching point of a way. So we're going to go back to the aha moment. Um, first of all, how did you meet Steph? Just kind of walk us through that. Well, Steph and I actually worked together at Warby Parker. That was the eyewear yeah, startup. Exactly. <laughs> um, the unnamed eyewear the startup. The unnamed eyewear startup. A small thing Such called a Warby mystery. Um, but it was actually great because she was my work wife at Warby. And we um, we actually didn't work together on projects, which I think is how we established our friendship. You know, she was the one I got coffees with and got lunch with and went to happy hour with. But I also was in meetings with her and like we understood how each other worked and we understood each other's work ethic and what was important to us. And we also kind of got trained at the same place. So we had the same context going into this. And I can't tell you how important that was it just made it so easy to decide to start the company together because there was none of that like getting to know each other. You know, like when there's two co-founders, yeah. there's always like, oh, that's how slowly you respond to emails or that's this. <laughs> but she knew that about me yeah. going in, you know, um, and I knew how fast she was at responding to emails. <laughs> um, this is a perfect match. But I think... Um, Having worked together for a few years really helped, and um, we like kind of had no doubts going into it. So I want to go back to the partnership part of it because obviously that it hits close to home for us. But just talk about the idea, like how what happened that you were like, no one's really doing anything interesting in travel. To this is a really good idea. Yeah. So I was in an airport. Um, I was in between jobs, was traveling, trying to figure out actually what job I was going to take next. And my luggage breaks in the middle of the airport. Where were you going? Um, I was in Zurich. I was heading back to London where I was still living at the time. Um, thank God it was the end of the trip. And it was kind of like this very like cartoony, dramatic, I guess the zipper had slowly started ripping apart as I was walking. And I turned oh around God. and there was like a trail of like underwear. Oh my the, God. Like, okay, <laughs> That's okay, my nightmare. Cool. So it was like not only do you have like, yeah. to pick up the bag, but you have to like go back and pick up all your stuff. So 
I have this broken bag and I'm asking my friends for suggestions on what bag I should get. And, you know, all my very well-traveled friends who obviously bring a bag with them mm-hmm. every time they travel and no one had a suggestion. Like half the people I asked didn't even know what brand they used, which I found really um, interesting given the nature of the people that I was asking. So um, it got me thinking about why there wasn't one prevalent recommendation. And we like dug into the industry a little more. It's just super fragmented. There's no brand love. It's like something you need that had been totally commoditized. But I think what got me excited is that obviously there's a huge opportunity to talk about travel and experiences and the places you're going and all these things that I'm passionate about. And nobody in luggage was doing that. Like every luggage company that existed was talking about what the nylon was made out of or, you know, the wheels and the zippers. And that just wasn't interesting. It's been such a short amount of time from, it seems like, when you had that to where you guys are today. Um, Did you think about testing the idea? Did you, when we talk about like those 1,200 orders that you secured before it even really was at market, um, how did you know that this wasn't just like a flash in the pan idea, but that you could actually build a huge business off of this? Um, I mean, I think it could have been just a flash in the pan. We didn't know until until it wasn't. But I think we went into this feeling really confident for a few reasons. I think a lot of people think when you're designing a product and you're starting a company, you're kind of, it's like two people at a table being like, what should it be? We were like, we have no idea. To really get this right, we we really believe that you have to go to the customers. We obviously didn't have any. So we started like surveying every single person we knew. We asked friends of friends. Uh, Steph was in business school. She would like walk around Columbia with like surveys and stuff. And we basically just talked to, I think, 800 people to figure out what they need in a bag. or And we went, even went beyond that and asked people like what their travel pain points were. Um, and one of them at the time, it's less so now, was that people could never, like people's phones were always dying and they couldn't find anywhere to plug it in, which is why... Um, our original bags like had the battery mm-hmm. inside. And it was we just learned a lot about people and what they needed and what they actually were willing to pay for. So by the time we actually developed the product, we were really confident that it was like meeting the needs and that it was better than anything else out there versus like an idea that the two of us had. I want to talk about my favorite part of the Away bag, which is the... Danielle's the, side hustle is a spokesperson for Away. No, I just <laughs> I like the travel laundry bag because you, I still I love that you say that. It is a, it's yeah, great. Okay, I love that you say this. So, so think about this. I get a lot, obviously, for people who've never heard of Away. They're like, well, what's so special about it? And in some ways, I'm like the world's worst marketer because I'm just like... It's just luggage, but like, but you'll see because there's so, it was very, because we were so thoughtful in designing it, there wasn't like one gimmicky thing Mm -hmm. that that's like easy to talk Mm -hmm. about. But what I love about our products is that if you have 10 different people in a room who love their away bags, you'll get 10 different answers Mm -hmm. on like what their favorite thing is about it. And I think it drives my marketing team crazy because (laughs) they're never going to advertise the laundry bag. You know what I mean? Like we're not putting that on the billboard. But I loved it. And I didn't even know it was there. The surprise and delight factor was high. (laughs) And that that was something that like we didn't didn't think of like for sure. But if you think about it, everyone like stays in the hotel. You you end up with dirty clothes. I would always steal like the hotel laundry bags. Same, same. Everybody does it. Yeah. Um, and we're like, oh, this is something we can build in. And it becomes like a delightful little yeah. detail. And I think that's kind of 
the same thought that we put into every single product that we make. We have this everywhere bag that like sits perfectly on top of the suitcase. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody wrote in the other day with the most passionate email about how they just discovered the umbrella pocket. Wait, there's an umbrella pocket? Mm-hmm, on the bottom. Wait, what? Wait, what? Where? <laughs> if you, there's a little zipper on the side, a little hidden zipper on the side. Yeah. And it's like a a wet bag, like umbrella pocket. Are you pocket. kidding? Yeah. I put like, I just thought. I put flip flops in there. I put, wait, I didn't know what I have luggage here. We're going to go do this after. Yeah, yeah. You're going to do me. this. We'll get back to that in a minute, but first let's talk about something that every guest on this show deals with, including us, and that's traveling for business. We calculated we were on like 23 flights, a different hotel every night for the month of June, and it was amazing book tour. We're so happy we did it. One of the biggest takeaways is learning about what helps on the road. And a great hotel is like the only thing we wanted at the end of the day. And we found that with AC Hotels by Marriott. AC Hotels, they really built the hotel with a designer's eye. So every hotel is equal parts, just really beautiful to look at. Seriously, look at their Instagram, but also functional. Everything from the guest rooms to the lobby to their lounge are designed to know what you need before you need it. It's intuitive, which is really, really helpful. In the U.S., AC Hotels has over 45 locations in cultural hubs uh, with plans to double that, not to mention their global expansion. So visit AC Hotels at achotels.marriott.com to learn more. (laughs) Okay, I want to go back to to your story. I want to talk about the co-founder stuff. How did you guys decide who does what? It's one thing to have like, you're my work wife and I really like brainstorming with you and I like getting coffee with you and going to happy hour versus I'm going to put everything on the line and now you are my business partner. And I say that because we have done that. (laughs) We know how intense that is and that it is a marriage in a way and you have a prenup in a way and you have Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So we're always fascinated talking to other people and other co-founder relationships. Yeah. Well, it's actually really funny because I I wrote stuff – kind of like a love letter before we really decided to do this Danielle, being you didn't like, write me a love letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you didn't write me one either. Oh, yeah. It's about, about that right now. Don't it's not too late. <laughs> it's not it's never too late. Um now there's just like love notes everywhere. But we I basically was like, here's why I think it makes sense. Like it's all the things we just talked about, but it's also it was like we we're friendly but not too close yeah. where we were we truly jeopardizing anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? We we're like, we were we we're friendly enough to be friends and enjoy each other's company, but also not so friendly that it would be hard to have tough mm-hmm. conversations. Like th- little things like that. Um, you asked why, how we like kind of split things up. I mean, for us, it was so obvious. I am, everything I'm good at, Steph, what are you like? Doesn't at? like to do. I'm I'm the. I mean, I was getting confused. Right brain, left brain. I'm like the more creative. Right brain. Yeah, right brain. And she's like the more analytical. And um, it was was actually so obvious that when we kind of wrote out on Post-its, like everything we needed to do to start the company, I was like, oh, I know this, this, this. This is what I'm good at. I have experience in this. And she did the same thing. And we ended up with exactly the same amount of Post-its. Oh, my God. And there was not a single Post-it that we both tried to grab. I love that. Like, so I mean, obviously, like our roles have evolved and mm-hmm, changed mm-hmm. as the company has grown, but it's always been really obvious. And I think because of that, we have a really special partnership because if you know somebody is 
very good at and focused on the stuff that you're not, it lets you be really, really good at mm-hmm. what you're good at. Um, you know, and it's not that like we're not capable, like I can I can do the things that Steph's mm-hmm. doing, but I can't do them that well. And for me to to have to kind of focus my energy on that, like wouldn't be that productive. You know, I give that advice a lot because I, I see a lot of co-founder pairs. Mm-hmm. You know, they maybe met at work doing the same exact thing. And what they run into is there's just a bunch of stuff that nobody wants to do. It's interesting because we are sort of that, but like we've figured out how to navigate that. So like we have the same skill set and background like on paper. You know, we had the same vocational training. It was If we had done the post-it game, we would have grabbed the same Mm -hmm. ones. Mm -hmm. But we've always like divided and conquered and we're very eager to hire around the areas that we were not strong at, which for us were the more financial and analytical parts. Um, And so it's interesting because I actually totally agree with what you're saying, but for whatever reason, we were able to navigate it. But if I was giving somebody advice, I would go with what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's been amazing that you've been able to successfully navigate that because I also think that um, you guys obviously have a good enough relationship where you can have that conversation. And a lot of people don't. And it really is like a marriage. And um, like we we do couples therapy. And she hates when I say that. It's executive coaching. Oh, we, we do, do the same yeah. thing. <laughs> it is couples therapy. It is couples totally therapy. Couples I therapy. Go, I, yeah. Actually, I am a huge proponent of couples therapy. Me and my fiance started going to couples therapy like when we first started dating and he was like, this is so weird. I'm like, no, no, trust me. If things get really good, like you'll be happy. And yeah. if things get really bad, then we'll already have a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's actually, it's been so fun. But with um, with with Steph, we have an exec coach. She sees each of us individually. Yeah. And then um, like every few months, she'll see both of us together. Um, and we also gave her permission to like tell the other person that in case like it does get hard to communicate. And it's been amazing. When you learn how to navigate a co-founder relationship, I genuinely think you become better at every relationship. I'm Mm -hmm. like a better friend. I'm a better fiance. It's a training ground, I think, for all of the other big relationships. One thing I've been dying to ask you is how'd you get the name and the copyright for Away? (laughs) It was like truly a gift from the marketing gods. People always ask how we came up with the name Away, and I'm like, well, it's so obvious. Away is like the perfect name. It was actually a placeholder name that we were using. We had like shared um, Google Doc and all caps away. We'd never really talked about it. And then when the time was come to like register the company, get trademarks and all of this stuff, she was like, okay, well, I guess we have to come up with a name. And I'm like, no, what do you mean? Like, there's nothing <laughs> yeah. better than this. And she was like, yeah, no, we can't we can't get the trademark for that. I'm like, well, just ask. And she was like, I don't think you know how much lawyers cost, but sure, I'll ask them. And the lawyers literally laughed at us. And um, we were like, please just check. And they came back a week later and they were like, uh, somehow Away is available wow. in like these 19 countries wow. oh my God. in your category. Uh, so go for it. And we were like, oh my God. Let's talk about marketing gods and marketing. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you scaled this business into an empire. It's amazing. Even just taking a step out of just the travel category, what it means for female entrepreneurs, what it means for female founders, what it means just in the investment world is extraordinary. You also are known as one of the most innovative companies. And the way that you launched was incredibly innovative and really leaned into influencer marketing and social, which 
again, think about this was just a few years ago. It was just a different climate then. So these are kind of things we take for granted right now. Mm-hmm. How did you figure out how to launch? How did you figure out how to build buzz before you had a product? And the first product was a book, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'll get into that. Yeah. I, I get this question a lot. And I get this question a lot from companies that I now invest in. It's like, I don't know how to launch a company today. I knew how to launch a company then. But I think that it goes back to the question, no matter when you're launching a company, of how do you get people to talk about it? I don't have like some secret PowerPoint deck of here's how to launch a company and make it successful. It's like, who's your ad- audience? How will they find out about you? And how do you make it something that people want to talk about. And that's really been ingrained in us from the beginning. We were like, everything that this company does has to be interesting and exciting enough for someone to like want to tell a friend over drinks. That's a high bar. You know, no one's going to talk about your like influencer marketing launch. Um, So we kind of looked at it through that lens, which means that we kind of avoided paid media in the beginning. We were just like, we want people to talk about our brand and our story and our product when it comes out. Um, and one of the things that happened was that our product got delayed and we had like kind of been setting ourselves up for a big um, a big push before holiday. It's like mm-hmm. an amazing time to launch a company. Um, we, we were like trying to secure all these gift guides. And when we found out the product wasn't going to be ready, Steph like locks me in a room and she's like, okay, what are we going to do instead? And I was like, what do you mean? Aren't, aren't we just going to delay the launch? And she's like, we can't delay the launch. I don't know why. We also why, just yeah, why we did... just made up these deadlines, the deadlines. for ourselves. Yeah. We just like, and I think that's the thing. We were just very like... You were ready. We were like ready to do yeah. it. We were like pushing it. We just had these crazy ideas of like how we needed to do it and no one to tell us that it was wrong. Um, so we're like, okay, um, well, why don't we write a book? Which is so <laughs> random. Because that's quicker. Yeah. That's yeah. What, I know, but it actually was. So this yeah, was. Turn around. Do publishing. <laughs> this was um, August, like end of August. It was like two days before I was going to go to Burning Man. I don't know how she still let me go. Um, and I was like, I got this. And I called my friend Alexis. She's an incredible writer. She was like writing for Team Magazine. I'd met her a few jobs ago. And I was like, can you help us write a book? And I gave her a list of like 40 people that I thought were cool and influential and like taste makers. And I was like, just um, just interview them about their favorite place to travel. And she did. She did all these like mini interviews. And it's like an as told to book. We had no money and like no, I didn't, we didn't even know about yeah. like photo rights. Yeah. So we we're like, what are we going to do? We, oh, God, um, yeah. And so we asked everyone to literally send us their vacation photos. You know, everyone who was just like kind Mm -hmm. of did us a favor. Um, But now there's like this, there was this amazing like hardbound book with these beautiful photos. Like what was the book called? The Places We Returned To. And it came in this like little gift box for the drawer. Like we just like nailed the experience. Mm -hmm. And inside the book, there was a gift card for $225, which was the price of the carry-on when... Mm-hmm. It would eventually launch. You know what? There is no reason we couldn't have delayed the launch. But like in our heads, we were like, we're going to launch this mm-hmm. year. 
And sometimes I think it's nice to kind of put these like weird fake deadlines on yourself. Did you read, did you feature anyone in the book that you didn't know and had to reach out to cold? Yeah, definitely. Like I, I would say we knew half the people in the book. And then we, what we actually did is for everyone we interviewed, we were like, who's one person that you can introduce us to? I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but people who are thinking about starting their own company and they're thinking about w- different marketing tactics. Um, obviously, one of the challenges in, in starting a company is building on a network. So if you don't yeah. have friends who happen to have cool businesses or could be the influencers, what what were the strategies that kind of helped you develop that influencer network? Yeah, I mean, that it's a great question. I think that if you can start with one, and I think whether it's a cold email or your best friend, you, there's always one person that you can start with that kind of kicks things off. And I think, you know, Despite everything, people really are willing to help. And if you ask that one person to introduce you to one other person, I mean, so much of of what we've done is based on like referrals and friends telling friends and like the power of storytelling connections and all of that. So if you get that first person to talk about your product, like ask them to tell someone else or ask them to introduce you. And I think that's a really easy way for someone who doesn't already have that built in network, you know to to mm-hmm. create one. We talk a lot about brand and storytelling, but like the product really is at the center of it. We sat down one day and we're like, okay, once we run out of friends to buy our luggage, like how are we actually going to do this? So the, the product really has to be at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. And if what you're doing is that good, like it, it'll continue to grow beyond what, beyond you just reaching out, you know? So when you talk about marketing gods, there's obviously the gods gave you away. <laughs> But you also are an early adopter personally to a lot of the social platforms and were able to get handles literally with just your name, mm-hmm. um, which a is a common name, a common yes. name. <laughs> and so, I mean, it makes me smile when I like look at your Twitter. It's like at Jennifer. I mean, like, it's crazy that you yeah. got that. It's How- not all it's cracked up to be. It's like every, every time I like have no notifications because yeah. every time someone sure, tweets, yeah. it's like yeah. to Jennifer Lawrence or oh, Jennifer Hudson no. or Jennifer Lopez. Like when like, Jennifer Lopez got engaged, everyone oh, is like, yeah, everyone like no, no, yeah. yeah. But like, I guess I ha- mean there are so many famous Jennifers. I didn't even think about that. Like, how did you get that? That's insane. So Twitter was funny because I was just I was at South by Southwest at 2007, and Everyone was talking about it. It was, I think when they launched, there was no vowels. Yeah, like yeah, T-W-T-T-R. yeah, And I was like, sure, I'll sign up. Got Jennifer. Um, and then I actually didn't start using it until like two years later. Oh, funny. But I just like signed up because I was there. Yeah, and yeah. Everyone was talking about it. Um, I think same thing with Instagram. It's so funny. Somebody asked me what my biggest accomplishment was at Warby Parker. And I was like, oh, well, I signed them up for Instagram. <laughs> that is a good accomplishment. And yeah. they're like, what? What? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I have to make a business case for yeah. it. And there was no business case for it back what? then. So totally switching gears. I want to know what it is like for you when you travel personally. And you are walking through an airport and you look around and everyone around you has the product that you created. It never, it never gets old. But here's the thing. This, And then this is the entrepreneur in me. I never look around and say, oh, wow, everyone has it. I look around and I'm like, wow, there's so many people that don't yeah. have it. Yeah. You know? And I think it's like, and it's probably the same for you guys where it's like, yeah, there's millions of people who read this. And then you think about the millions of people who don't read it. Yeah. And I think that's like a, there's just like a mindset that comes when you start a company, like there's always more to do. And it is really fun. And um, it's been especially fun the last couple of months because we're on the cover of Inc. And yeah, in yeah. the airport. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, like yeah. where do you see magazines in the yeah. airports? It was amazing. Like a, a few times this month, I'd walked past like 
a newsstand and there'd be someone with an away bag in front of the magazine. Oh and I was just like, mm, perfect. That's awesome. Um, also, when you travel and they make the announcement about the batteries in the luggage, yeah. does that make you cringe? It doesn't really happen that much anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it was like this weird phase where it was like around holiday, like 2017, beginning 2018. And there's a silver lining to everything, right? So there was like all these smart bags. Not anymore. We got lumped into that category because some of our bags did have the batteries. And our batteries have always been removable. So they've always like abide by the rules. But there's something that happens when you're like a first mover in the space and you are like the most well-known brand where gate agents would be like, if you have an away yeah. bag, the brand awareness I mean, kind of the best me, marketing. I was like, well, this is kind of amazing yeah. because we're like a one-year-old company and they're calling us out by name. But also the co-founder of me was like, this really sucks. This yeah. is horrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. I think that was something that was like for sure make or break. We made a lot of decisions when the battery ban came that I actually think gave us more momentum because of how mm-hmm. we handled it with our customers and with the airlines. I think now once in a while when um, when people say, you know, if, if your bag has a battery, if take it out and like I always see people at the gate being like, oh, yeah, it just pops right out, like educating other mm-hmm. people about it and like basically doing our marketing for yeah, us. And that. that's that's amazing. So we're going to move to our, our last segment, which is our favorite. And it's called the lightning round. It's very difficult. Uh, no, you have to just answer as quickly as you can. And we're going to run through some questions. Okay. First job. Receptionist at a car dealership. Worst job. I worked in a dining room at a retirement home. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. What's the worst professional mistake you've ever made? Uh, there were some very important emails that I did not respond to that could have been great opportunities, but I didn't know I didn't respond to them until like a year later. Just because you let your inbox get full or? Yeah, I'm just really bad at that. So we don't have this on the list today, but I'm going to say you're not an inbox zero person. Mm-mm. I'm not either. No. I'm, I, a, um, I'm a big fan of um, inbox bankruptcy where I'm just like, you know what? You're you're my inbox soulmate. It and then I crazy. mass delete it all. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, you know what? If, if I haven't responded in three months and they yeah. haven't followed up, I'm just then like, bye. I'm just going to start over. Yeah, and I always think I'm going to start fresh and be an inbox zero person. But no, that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, that gives me, it's just like, it just, is Steph inbox zero? Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so everyone knows the yeah. email stuff. That's what she does too. It drives me crazy. I think we're very smart. Yeah. Uh, first phone call and you get good news. Um, my fiance. What about bad news? Also him. <laughs> Do you get nervous when you fly? No. No. What no. color is your away luggage? You know, it's funny. I should have just have an answer for this, but I try all of our new products. I literally don't own a bag. I'm like taking stuff from the closet, which drives the team crazy. If you get 360 feedback, what is the theme of your critical feedback? Like, what do you receive? <laughs> Sore subject. I just got mine back. <laughs> Sorry. No, I th- um, that I uh, could be better at giving feedback. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just, um, I expect everyone to know what I'm thinking yeah. without actually communicating it. So... I'm working on it, guys. Uh, what's your favorite place to return to? Uh, British Columbia. I have a little like surf shack in Tofino oh on gosh, Vancouver so Island. Cool. Wow. It's like the best place in the world. That's awesome. Um, who's your mentor? Uh, 
is it cheesy to say stuff? No, that's yeah. an amazing answer. Why don't you say things? Like, Why don't you yeah. say things? Write me a letter. Like what? Uh, what, like, what would Steph do? <laughs> um, when was the last time you negotiated for yourself? Every day. When you're a co-founder, you basically are you're a negotiator and you're a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And if someone had told me that in the beginning, I wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. But like you just spend your whole day like selling and negotiating, whether you're trying to recruit someone or you're like literally trying to sell a partnership, you're doing anything, it's um, that's a whole job. What's the destination you haven't been to yet that you want to go to? Um, I really want to go to Namibia. Ooh, I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Last question, uh, what is your shameless plug? What's coming up with a way we should know about? You know, there's not, there's not enough time for all the stuff I'm excited about, but um, a big meeting I have right after this is we're doing our first review of our apparel collection. Oh, oh my gosh. And I think I'm super excited about this because this is just the first step in like kind of creating all of the things you need for your journey. And there's it's like it just kind of answers yeah. that age-old question of like, what do you wear on the plane yep. or on the train or on the road trip so that you don't like have to wear athleisure and mm-hmm. you can still feel good and look good and pack. So we're really, really excited about that. And for me personally, I'm excited about it because it like gets me back to the building and creating part, which is which is what I love and what I'm better at. <laughs> Jen, thank you. Congratulations. It's amazing. Yeah. We love watching it. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for hanging out with us. Join us next week for another episode of Skim from the Couch. And if you can't wait until then, subscribe to our daily email newsletter that gives you all of the important news and information you need to start your day. Sign up at theskim.com. That's the S-K-I-M-M dot com. Two M's for a little something extra. 